You're listening to Unlocking Our Sound Heritage, brought to you by Manx National Heritage, the charity responsible for the Isle of Man's natural and cultural heritage. The sound recordings you'll hear today and throughout this series on Manx Radio are part of a unique collection of around 600 sound recordings, digitised from the Manx National Heritage Sound Archive and available online thanks to Unlocking Our Sound Heritage. We hope you enjoy eavesdropping on the voice clips we've chosen from the Nation's Sound Archive, all of which can be listened to in full at imuseum.in. This week will be a little different from our other Unlocking Our Sound Heritage episodes. We are going to be diving into the Manx language recordings. Now don't worry, you don't have to be a Manx speaker to enjoy this episode. We'll hear recordings in English about Manx and I hope you all find the show interesting as we learn about how some of these recordings came about. Even as far back as 1904, academics and language enthusiasts made efforts to record the voices of native Manx speakers. But back then, technology was expensive, difficult to use and fragile. In the late 1940s, an amazing opportunity was presented to the Manx Museum from the Irish Taoiseach, Eamon de Valera no less. De Valera visited the island and he met with the director of the Manx Museum and on learning about the decline of Manx, he offered to send the Irish Folklore Commission to help the museum record the old speakers. As we hear in our first clip, this offer of help was most appreciated, not only by the Manx Museum but also by the Irish Folklore Commission. Here's Irish folklore collector Kevin Danaher. Yes, when the good Mr de Valera visited the Isle of Man in 1947 and was interested to meet and to hear some of the, uh, the older Manx speakers there and uh, hearing some of the difficulties in the preservation, of, at least the preservation of the memory of the language, he promised his help in recording the last of the Manx speakers and when he returned to Ireland... He applied to the Irish Folklore Commission as somebody engaged in a body engaged in similar work to go to the Isle of Man and with recording apparatus and make the required recordings. And the good man was astonished and indeed horrified to find out that the Folklore Commission didn't have any such apparatus because they didn't uh, hadn't interested themselves hitherto in it although some of us who were working on the thing had been experimenting with this and waiting and praying for the day when we would get the financial support required for it. Well, when the head of a government is interested in something, usually <laughs> something happens and wheels turned and wheels perhaps within wheels turned and before very, very long money was available so that we set up a, a recording unit. It was a disc-cutting unit. You've got 16-inch discs, each of which had uh, 15 minutes on each side, or 30 minutes on the, whole, on, the, on the whole disc. So, thanks to the plight of the Manx language, the Irish Folklore Commission gained a much-needed piece of kit, a mobile recording studio. They purchased a van and kitted it out with recording equipment, making special adjustments to make sure they could make clear and true recordings while out in the field. After some initial tests, the van was sent on its first project to record the Manx speakers. They set off for the Isle of Man and the transportation was, well, let's hear it from Mr Danaher himself. We brought the thing over to the Isle of Man. Having tested it out, this was our, really our first. Um, oh, in those days it was an adventure. I drove down in the 
about 11 o'clock in the evening and had the recording van slung from a crane and dropped into the hold of a cattle boat which was coming over to Douglas. And then the cattle came in and they occupied the upper deck and, what shall I say, the effluent descended upon the lower deck. <laughs> so that in the morning it was rather difficult to see where the van was, especially as the van was a sort of a, a dark green colour and was more or less camouflaged completely. So I succeeded in getting into the van without uh, too much disturbance and then drove it from the, the, from the harbour here in Douglas where incidentally we were received by the Chief Preventive Officer, Mr Kinvig, who helped us very, very much indeed, was very, very good to us, and um, drove up to the Manx Museum to be greeted with horror by the director thereof, Basil McGaw, a gentle soul who was um, somewhat perturbed to see the state in which we were. And he called to me from a distance, from a safe distance, he said, don't get out and close the windows. And he summoned a stout fellow with a, a strong hose who hosed the thing down and succeeded watching it fairly clean. And then we were ready to go ahead. Oh dear. Well, thankfully they got cleaned up and on their way and made a large number of Manx recordings which were all taken back to Ireland to be processed and copies were sent back to the Manx Museum. The Museum and the Folklore Commission were given invaluable assistance from a number of local enthusiasts who had taken an interest in Manx and already knew many of the native speakers. In this recording from 1948, you can hear the voices of two of the local enthusiasts, Mark Braid and Charles Crane, encouraging the main speaker, John Neen, to talk about gathering turf for the fire. Well, That was John Neen talking about the practice of gathering turf for fuel being replaced by imported coal. John Neen was a blacksmith from Balaf and would have been about 96 at the time of the recording. The work between the Manx Museum and the Irish Folklore Commission led to further Manx-Irish cooperation. The archives contain many warm letters between the two organisations and the continued advice and encouragement from Dublin helped cement the Manx Museum's own ambitions to grow the folk culture collections here on the island. With help and training from our friends in Dublin, the Manx Folklife Survey was launched in 1949. 
a group of about 30 volunteers led by the museum's Leslie Quirk went out to interview the older generation about their memories of Manx life and customs, keeping meticulous notebooks all later deposited in the archives. There was great interest in the project, and the following year, the project attracted a very generous gift from the Reverend Fred Cobbon, a sound mirror recording machine, so the Folklife Survey could collect not just written notes, but also the sounds of the Manx language, dialect and folk song. The first recording made with the machine for the archives was recorded at a ceremony held to present the new machine to the museum. Clearly still getting to grips with the new machine, we start to part way through Mr Moore's speech thanking Mr Cobbon for the new machine. All we can of Manx folklore and speech, but we've missed a good deal of the old speakers because they've been too old or unable to be recorded with us but now happily we have this machine and we'll be able to get not only the old stories which we've been collecting by hand and that kind of thing but also the very valuable record of Manx speech not only Manx language but Manx dialect so on behalf of the trustees I think we must express our very great gratitude to Mr. Coven for giving us very useful tool in helping us in our future work. I think we're also very happy to know that Mr. Cobden is going to help another Mr. Cobden, a very famous director of the Manx Museum who still continues more or less undiminished in his enthusiasm about Manx things and who has a new book on the way. I'm sure the directors and the Manx public generally are very grateful for Mr. Cobden for his public-spirited help in both these directions. I think we ought now to invite Mr. Cobden to christen the machine by recording a suitable message to remind us of this day. Mr. Cobden would like to... Uh, Mr. Chairman and gentlemen, it gives me very great pleasure to hand this machine over uh, to the Manx Museum and I know that your intention is to use it for making records of famous Manx people and also the Manx language and of uh, Manx folk songs. And I am sure that in the future, the records that you will have taken on this machine will be of great interest to those people who follow after us. I am sure that in giving this machine to the Manx Museum, I am only carrying out what my late uncles would have wished me to do because they took a great interest in the museum and in everything connected with this island. And so, gentlemen, I have very great pleasure in handing it over to your care with the wish that you will use it to the good of the island and the benefit of our people. Mr. Cobbin's ambition that his gift be used to collect recordings before it was too late was not in vain. The machine was put to good use and a good number of recordings were added to the Folklife Survey. 
many of the speakers enjoyed visits from the Folklife Survey and the opportunity to use their Manx. In the next clip, we hear from Leslie Quirk on interviewing Mrs Watterson from Colby on her preference for using Manx. From having to, so to speak, no. from having had nothing else, it was, she was a native speaker and from choice yes. too. Yeah. The first choice was always the mice. And I remember speaking to her once and said, uh, it was a girl that was with us, and I said, uh, how are you, Mrs. Watson? What is doing on you at all? He said, why couldn't you ask me? So uh, I did, and of course the others didn't mind either, because they'd come to hear it. But... Um, but she, oh, enjoyed, she, was, she enjoyed speaking, Max, and wanted you to talk to her. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. And, and uh, she was, if, you, if I spoke to her in English, she said, what did she think I'd gone out of my mind or something? You see, what was I thinking about? Not all of the Manx speakers were so at ease with being recorded. Many of the speakers had not spoken Manx for many years and had trouble remembering the words. Others were shy or even suspicious of outsiders. But the Folklife Survey interviewers worked at building up relationships and trust to coax out what Manx they could. Sometimes people were more comfortable reciting or reading well-known Bible verses or hymns. Here we have Sage Convig from Ronig reciting a Manx translation of him in the arms of Jesus and then being asked to read a passage from the Bible. You hear her answer in English that she'd prefer to pick the passage herself before the tape breaks off. Lorish a grey nish quidded, he a village golmy ish. Cleaning a tickerain inan, shit and a rain nish down. Harris the American growl, Harris King Jasper now. See runs a rollican yeser, see as an orcish crease. Lorish ne grey hill quidded, he a village golmy ish. She runs a rollicking easy, she was murgin as it rain. She with it sail the volak, she ish wush peggy as the tail. She win a bliss ne hechen, she wush ne dutton gear. Gear wish ne threats on seeken, sin tail twas shilly dear. The easy thou bore kimra. Yeser who bears on me, Mish is the Craig the Asian, Shiggy Testale to me. Fakach and Shoreless Minnan, Fakach and Shoreless, Fugis Tan Ui Ekorn, Fakach is hidden the Vari, a train now British Rum. Send my Zua, send you in the sack, eh? It's a one out of sankies, it says here it is. Well, you can't lose a lie, put your shin. You lie, put your Bible in and son. And, and, uh. Follow me. It's in there, and she'll cabdle your That was Sage Convig, this time recorded by the Manx Language Society, one of a number of other organisations who also made recordings, now deposited with the museum and also made widely available through Unlocking Our Sound Heritage. As the speakers became more used to the idea of outsiders taking an interest in their Manx and their stories, 
Folklife collectors were able to make more relaxed recordings of natural conversations. Sometimes gatherings of native speakers would be arranged and then recorded. The next clip was made at a Manx Language Society gathering with Ned Madrill, Sage Convig and Tommy Lease. We hear Sage saying she's forgotten all of her stories in Manx and Ned Madrill then offers his advice to the collectors on how to help Mrs Convig be more forthcoming for the recordings. He suggests if they come and do her housework for her, she'd have more to say. This next clip is from later in the conversation. Now, you don't have to be a Manx speaker to understand the silence after one of the interviewers makes the faux pas of asking a lady her age and suggesting she's over 80. Although it quickly descends into laughter as they suggest she's 21 and tells her she looks younger every day. We can also hear Mr. Tommy Lees telling us he's Kier Feed as Treejag, 93, although nobody seems to notice in all the laughter. <coughs> 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 In 1998, Walter Clark from the Manx Language Society gave his reminiscences of recording the Manx speakers in an interview with the Manx Museum. Here he gives his thoughts on the difficulties in recording the female native speakers. For some reason, we've always been, had a lacking in, um, in, in fluent women speakers or people who are interested, young women who are interested enough to learn to be fluent enough yeah. to go and talk to them. It was sad in a way because um, I suppose there were a lot, had there been somebody like me as a female, they could have gone to see Ellen Karen and Mrs. Convig and talked yeah. and got a lot more out of them on the distaff side yeah. of life, whereas uh, we had to try and cover all subjects, you know. Mm. But uh, no, it's. It, it's uh, that's one side we, we've we've missed out on. I'm afraid, you know. There were some very well-known female contributors. 
Annie Neal from Ballagarret was nicknamed the Mistress by the collectors. Here she is talking about Dew and Gorn, describing his house and loom shed, and then reciting a rhyme he would say while weaving. The archive also contains recordings of cultural events, concerts, lectures and Manx church services. Our next clip is from a recording made at a performance of A Manx Wedding in Laxey in 1952. The clip is from the performance preamble where the presenter is asking a child, Johnny, what his lines are going to be. And tonight we're going to have just a little bit now from our children as well. And first of all, little Johnny Lawson is going to speak to us. Now, Johnny is six. What are you going to say, Johnny? Oh, Bobby Bob. Have a head tell Oh, Bobby Bob. And this woman, Margaret Ann. She used to call an oak with big slope and the bucket slip out of the sand. And bless me, fell the bush you'd make when he fled for the summer with a soldier cake. Bobby Bob, she bore whatever was there, brought up a toe. And Bobby would shout and answer her back. But the eight of wheat with his lips would smack. Don't know you like the mucking when now we eat. And put dice. Come now with 
نہیں پڑھانے میں کیا ہوں اور Wasn't six-year-old Johnny Brilliant reciting Duan Noor's poem Old Bobby Bob? I'm only sorry we don't have time to play you the whole recording. So, if this program has inspired you to practice your manx, here is some advice from Sage Convig again, this time in English, speaking to Eric Regine and Walter Clark in 1959. The handy little thing. I guess it's a Yes, it's a job getting practice. Any practice with it now? Any practice? What is that? No, mm-hmm. no. Only uh-huh. read. Yes. Yes. Uh, you're still reading the Bible I can fairly read often. The Bible from end to end. Really? Yes. And I'm wondering that you fellows have learned in Manx that you don't read the Bible instead of the New Testament. Mm. It's newer mm. Manx. Mm. You mean the Old Testament is better? The, the, yes, the Bible. The Old Testament, you read about Joseph all the way down. Mm. It's a story in itself. Yes, yes. Mm. Uh-huh. And I believe the... And the Manx is far easier learned. If you get the English, Manx, English Bible and get the Manx and you correct yourself, wonderful. Mm. Yes, mm. yes. Far and more so than a means dictionary. Mm. Yes. I think that Neen tried to put a polish on the bank. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's, yeah. he's, he quotes it some places and he says it's in uh, such a dictionary in uh, uh, Kelly's dictionary. Mm. Uh, Kelly mm. mentioned it as. Christine mm. uh, yeah. mentioned it. Mm. Yes. And well, there's lots of things I think he's had to polish up for the banks. Mm. I certainly think it, it, reading the Manx Bible is, is a basis you can't do without. Yeah, you know you can't. You can't, no. But no. Uh, the New Testament is more, more learned when they wrote it. I see, yes. More education at it. Mm. Yes. Well, what we want is the sort it's of Manx that people spoke. The real old Manx is, uh, is read Joseph and read David and read all the way down. And it's wonderful yeah. Manx. Mm. Yes. So, there you have it, Mrs. Convig recommends doing what many of the early learners of Manx did, getting a copy of the Bible in both Manx and English and reading them side by side. Fortunately for us learners today, there are now a huge variety of fun and interesting Manx language resources to choose from, and if this programme has piqued your interest in learning a word or two, or more, check out learnmanx.com for more information on getting started. Thank you for listening to Unlocking Our Sound Heritage Manx Recordings. Join us again next week for more voices from the archives, or in the meantime, listen again on the podcast available on the Manx Radio website. You can hear more snippets from our Manx language recordings next week at our lunchtime listen event as part of the Koosh Manx Language Festival. See learnmanx.com for details. Or to hear these and many more sound recordings in full, visit imuseum.im and click on Unlocking Our Sound Heritage. To find out more about the charity Manx National Heritage and how you can support us, visit our website manxnationalheritage.im or join us on Facebook. Facebook.